Hi, and welcome to Fossilfern Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, and it will both challenge and inspire you. What a busy week. Life is just full, isn't it, at the moment? Are we good? Are you ready to go? Well, stay here. Don't leave yet. Are you ready to look at the Word of God? Let's open up our Bibles or turn our Bibles on or follow on the screen. Uh, Luke 6, 46 to 49, reading from the New King James Version. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, do, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a, a, a man building a house who, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing uh, is like a man who built a house on the earth without foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, I'm pretty confident that most of you know that account, know that parable, I'm pretty confident also that you know what it's about. But the danger of that is you can switch off and, and uh, miss some points, some serious points. And, and I'm not going to tell you anything new today. I'm just going to remind you of, of some things I think um, that need to be said. And, um, and while I'm going to be stressing some of the most obvious points... Um, I want you to be patient with me and let's see where we will end up this morning. So you know the story. Our text starts with a question. Um, the Lord asking that question, Luke six forty six. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do and not do the things which I say? The general definition for that word Lord refers to supreme in authority, controller, by implications master. It's a term of respect, like God, Lord, Master, Sir. Specifically here in this use, it's been suggested that it means someone like a superintendent, a commander, a person of dignity and authority, who obviously should be recognized but also submitted to, right? So Jesus is basically saying, uh, why do you give me those titles and don't give any credence to what I'm saying? That's what he's saying. Uh, and again, I'm going to be working on the obvious, but bear with me. Why, why do you call me that? Why do you give me that title? Why do you talk to me like I'm that person and then not listen to what I'm saying? Or not only not listen, not do what I'm saying. He said, it'd be better off that you didn't call me that. If you're not going to listen, don't bother calling me that. Now, we could wax lyrical about hypocrisy and lukewarmness and all that, uh, but I just want to get that point. He's saying, uh, why don't you give any credence to what I say? If you do not give any plausibility to what I'm saying, why do you bother calling me those titles? We all know the power of the verbal confession, our profession. It's, and I don't want to diminish that, right? I, it's not my intention at all. It is 
The way we speak is so important. The way we confess things is so important. And, and again, not in a way where it's like making a wish, you know, or saying a lucky word or anything like that. No, no. I hope you realize how important our confession is. Our confession is, is powerful. And that's whether it's positive or negative, whether it's faith-filled or fear-filled. What we say, which comes out the overflow of our hearts, by the way, what we say is incredibly powerful and molding and shaping and directional. And so um, we look for what we expect. And then we tend to head into what we're looking at, don't we? We look for what we expect. Now... If I've got this negative thing, this fear thing going on, and I'm speaking that out, guess what? I'm looking for that. And if I'm looking for that, I will head into that. It's just, it's just one of those freaks of nature. That's where, wherever you're focusing, that's where you'll go. And if you're focusing on the negative stuff, on the fearful stuff, guess what? That's what you'll see, and that's what you'll head into, and that's what you'll get. That's what you'll experience. And even that confession is positive and faith-filled. It has to be backed up with our actions, our activities, our plans, our behavior, our conduct. But when, when we speak, it's incredible powerful. And, but I want to say, I want to add another dimension to that. Jesus is saying, when we speak, we call him Lord, Lord, we need to Back that up. And when, you, when what you say comes into agreement with what you do, it's like multiplying the power. Again, when we're speaking this thing, when we're hoping for this thing, when we're speaking in faith, when we're quoting the scriptures, we actually start looking for what we're hoping for. We start looking on what we're focusing in, and that's the way we head. Very simple, very obvious. Would you all agree with me, please? If you don't agree with me, don't say anything now, but think about it later. Because <laughs> I don't want to have a fight in church today. But the deal is this, when, when we're focused that, when we're faith-filled, when we're believing, when we've got hope, and, and we're reading those scriptures and we're looking at that, that's generally the way what we'll see and the way we'll head. It, it's common sense, isn't it? So the power of a confession is important, but what Jesus says here. You've got to add to that something. You can't just call him Lord, Lord. Don't even bother, he says. Because if you call him Lord, Lord, but then you start to add to that, there's incredible, powerful things happening there. Um, Jesus explains it with the parable of the building, and I don't need to go through uh, the obvious. If you want to talk about buildings and foundations, talk to Nigel. He's the expert in putting oversized foundations on everything, because he came from Dolby, I believe. Dolby's got that black clay where everything moves. So when, when, when this builder builds something, he puts foundations that can't move. <laughs> Except when the concrete trucks aren't coming, eh? Anyway, the deal is, I think it's obvious to all, so I'm not going to go into that, but I, I do want to, again, look at a couple of the more obvious facts. Um, Jesus is using the parable... Uh, about building a house to say uh, to show us to reveal to help us see what it's like to have a life in Christ what what Christ uh, having him in our lives and living that way uh, looks like uh, 
I want you to notice that Jesus said, and when the flood arose. He didn't say if. Right? He did not say if. Uh, when the storms come, storms of life, when the problems come, when the challenges come, when the enemy raises up like a flood, these things are inevitable. Right? You all know that. Most of you have lived a lot longer than me. What are you shaking your head for, Gavin? Anyway, <laughs> most of you have lived a lot longer than me, and you know that to be true. You can be doing everything right, ticking all the boxes, life's going sweet, and then all of a sudden, bang, out of nowhere, stuff happens. You can be working hard, building a fence, next thing a goat rams you, knocks you down, breaks all your ribs. <laughs> happens, doesn't it? Stuff happens. That's life. I want you to know Jesus said when. We have to get there. It's going to happen. It happens. It's happened before. It's happening again. When. Um, but it's the response that counts. And the response determines on what we've got in our lives, doesn't it? Seems to me that the only difference between being unshaken... And a great ruin is digging deep. I'm going to look a little bit at digging deep. Digging deep. I hate digging. When I was a boy and a young man, I did a lot of digging. I did a lot of digging and dinging. But I did a lot of digging. It was sort of like forced upon me. I didn't dig things because... And it's not like the 70s, Gavin, or the 60s where we go... I'm really digging that man. No, we're not going about that. <laughs> so the deal is, my hands still hurt today. I've still got damage in my body because as a young boy still developing, I dig trenches and dig this and dig that and, and I pay the price for it later. Uh, I don't like digging today. Uh, I'd rather get a backhoe in or at least somebody else to do it. Uh, one of the best diggers I know is Frank. We're thinking about putting a new fence on the block. Frank, if you'd like to come and dig some holes for us, that'd be good. Um, I don't like digging. But he says here's the key is to, to dig and not just dig, dig deep. You've you got to dig through the sand. You've you got to dig through the rubble. You've got to dig through the clay. You, you, I mean, black clay. Who loves digging in black clay? I remember a few years ago when we put the um, pergola out the back corner there, we had to dig a trench for the water spout out to the gutter. And uh, so we had shovels here, nearly broke them all, bent them all. It was terrible. Uh, somebody had to say they brought their grandfather's shovel in, which was really strong steel. And praise God for that because it, it didn't bend, it didn't flex, it and it was sharpened, so he was cutting into this thing. It took us all day to go, just, I don't know, six feet or more, maybe nine feet, but it, it was hard work with that, that thing, which is a special shovel, by the way. He said it was his grandfather's shovel. And, he, and I said, so how old is it? He said, oh, it talked about, it. Granddad got it when he was a boy, and he's only replaced the handle three times and the blade twice. They make things to last in the old days. But anyway, 
But the same head, the same head, sorry, I'm joking, same head, strong, sharp, steel, good, you couldn't bend it. And, and that and, and the bar, that's all we could do. I hate digging. But we've got to learn how to dig. Not just through the sand, but through the clay, and, and even in the rubble, the rocks, until we get to the rock. We've got to keep digging. Um, please understand, when we're talking about digging deep, digging until we've reached a rock, Jesus is not refer, referring to reaching a place of sinlessness. I think sometimes we look at this and say, when we get our lives together, storms won't. No, no. He's not talking about sinlessness. He's not talking about perfection. The, the sinlessness thing, that will come, but it comes the day we stand face to face with him and we are completely, thoroughly changed forever. That, that's to come. I'm looking forward to that. I, I really am. I'm, mate. I'm going to celebrate. I know we're a conservative church, but I'll be doing some yelling and some dancing and some screaming that day. When that bias towards sin is finally removed. When we're more like Jesus, when we're like, just like Jesus, that's going, to, that's going to be a day of celebration. The, the day the struggle, the arm wrestle, the battle's over that day. That, I'm looking forward to that day. But Jesus isn't talking, in this parable, he's not talking about sinlessness. He's talking about doing what he says. And so if you flick through the previous chapters before this and you pick out some of the things that he's been telling them to do, let me just give you, and we won't read everyone, but let me just give you some headlines. What did he say to do? He said, well, you've got to love God. You've got to love yourself. You've got to love your neighbour. He said, you, you, in about responding to hate, you've got to forgive, you've got to pray for them, you've got to ask God to bless them. You've got to be willing to suffer, he said. You, you've got to be generous in your giving. He's, and here's the ultimate, you, you've got to do unto others as, they would, as you would have them do unto you. These are what he's telling them, these are what things he's saying. We, we could go on, the list goes on. You've got to forgive. You can't be judgmental. You can't be judging others. You've got to forgive. You've got to seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Th these are the things he's saying. You've got to look after the widows and the orphans. You've got to go into all the world and preach the gospel. These are the things. He's not talking about sinlessness. He said, if, if you want to get down and have a good foundation, you've got to start digging. And what does he mean by digging? He means when you do the things I say. And, and I want to put it this way. I want to suggest to you that the digging deep is about getting all the worldly thinking, the selfishness and the fear out the way so you can actually start doing what he said. I think that's the digging. I mean, there's the things we've got to dig. And we've got to dig deep. If we really want to live that life he's talking about here, we've we got, we got to get rid of that worldly thinking. So we keep digging. We dig through the sand. We dig through the clay. We dig through the rubble and, until we hit the solid rock. We, we get rid of the things of this world. We get rid of the fear. We get rid of the jealousy. 
We get rid of all of that stuff, the selfishness. We, got, we, we dig and we dig and we keep digging till, it's, till we're on the rock. A sober moment. How many people do you know who say they are believers and even call him Lord, but when trouble comes, they're down. They fall. They crash. And now they're gone. How many people do you know? Do I know? I know heaps. How many people do you know? Do you know people? Just say, give me some kind of... You know some people like that? They believe us. They call him Lord. But when the trouble comes, when the storms come, when the waters, the floods start to rise, they fall. They're ruined. They're gone. Um... The next question is not meant to be a pride issue, but a testimony to the goodness and the grace of God. So I've just asked you, if you knew some people, now now let's think about what they went through. How many here with us today went through similar things, but you're still here? Can you identify with some, perhaps? I know certainly for Jane and I, um, we've been with some people who went through some stuff, but the truth is, there's some stuff we went through that was the same, if not worse. Now, now this isn't a pride issue at all, but a testimony to the grace and the goodness of God, right? And and I, I want you to think, I want to, no doubt, you know some people, believers, called him Lord, but, but when stuff happened, when life happened, when things came up, that, that thing fell over and, and was a great ruin. And the truth is, we've all been through similar stuff and yet here we are singing his praises calling him Lord. Yeah, yeah, uh, wounded, scarred even, um, but we're still here. We're still standing. Now, um, let's be honest. Do you think that you're here now because God loved you more than he loved the others? No. Do you think you're still here now because you were better than them? Your faith was stronger or you were more determined, more stubborn? No, I don't think so. Do you think you're here now because you spent some time digging? There was a stage in your life when you started to deal with the worldly things, with, with the fear, with the selfishness, and, and you dug so deep and you dealt with some stuff that it enabled you then to start doing the things he said to you. Let me remind you about those things again. Loving God. Something happened, but you dug and you got to a place where you loved God 
and, and you dug some more and you got to a place where you started to love yourself. You forgave yourself, started to love yourself. Then you got to a place where you could start to love your neighbours. You, you dug so deep, you got to a place where, where you would do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You got so deep that you were concerned about the poor, the widow, the orphan. You, got so, you dug so deep down there that you were prepared to suffer and that you would give till it hurts for their benefit. You got to a place where you was digging and, and you got to that place. I just lost my place because I thought Luke Gasky walked in. Uh, your son from here looked like Luke Gasky, honestly. Not that I would fall over if Luke Gasky, but the image. I'll try and get back focused. The jeans, the check shirt, the hat. It was him. Has he got cowboy boots on too? Riding boots? No, anyway. Okay. Has he got truck driver's legs? Oh, okay. Threw me off. Let me get back to the serious point. Sober moment, I said. Sober moment. Um, stuff comes to test you all the time, doesn't it? Anyway, so sober moment. You were digging. There was a stage in your life. You were digging and you've dug through the sand and the clay and, and the rubble and you got to the rock and in that digging you got to a place where you could love God and you could love yourself and you could love your neighbours and, and you know you, you could give till it hurt and you could sacrifice because you dug that trench so well and, and the list goes on. You got to a place where you, you do unto others the way you'd hope they do unto you. You got to a place where you dug so well that, that you... You were able to forgive and, and you didn't judge. You just understood and you supported and felt sorry for and prayed. That's why you're here today. I'm not saying that you got all the way down to the rock and you've built this perfectly great foundation on the rock and you've got it all... St we're still digging, aren't we? But the point is we were digging. We, we were challenged significantly enough that we actually did something about it. We, we started getting rid of some of that. We realised, you know, and it was a bit dramatic and over the top when we first got saved. There wasn't any balance, so you got rid of your rock records because they're all of the devil. Wish I never, but anyway. But you, we had this thing where we, we wanted to do, and we, please God, do what's right in the sight of God, and even though someone's misinterpreted that and we've understood it, the motivation was not because of their wrong teaching. The motive was, okay, if that's what we need to do, we're going to do it. I remember we went to, we got saved and we started an adult Sunday school. And the very first lesson was on tithing. And I'd never heard anything like it. But I didn't argue. I went, well, if this is what God's asked us to do, no problems. We started tithing. Even though everybody criticized and everybody came. Our family members was, were saying things like, they're only after your money. I said, well, they picked the wrong guy because I ain't got much. But what I have, I'm going to give. Because so, we were digging, you were digging. You, every, every, something would happen and you'd realize, this is what it takes to please to God. I want to get rid of that carnal stuff. I want to get rid of the worldly thinking. Uh, and I, and I want to become pleasing to God and if, if it means being sacrificial or going through some pain then I'm prepared that's when you were digging N now like I said we're still digging aren't we but I want to suggest to you and it's not a pride thing I want to suggest to you the reason your life never ended in ruin when you went through the same things as those other people is because you've been digging 
Does that make sense? We've got to be, we need to keep digging. So when we dig, I believe I'm suggesting that what Jesus is talking about is dealing with the worldly thinking, the selfishness, the fear. So we get to a place where we can actually start doing what he's asked us to do. And, and, and we're here, not because we're better or stronger or smarter or more determined or more holy or more righteous or more faithful or more filled with... None of those. We're here because we got rid of some worldly stuff and let more of God's stuff in. And that's the only reason. And I think... But it's the same to everybody. And when the storms came, it fell over. Sad. Been there, tried that. No, no digging. No foundation. We're going to have communion. But I want to read this first. Because the parable that Jesus tells us, the illustration that Jesus tells us, is preached later in the book of James. James 1, uh, 21 to 27. Listen carefully to the words. And if you line the two up, there's a parallel going on here. James 1, 21 to 27. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, overflow of wickedness, and, and that's digging. You're digging through some stuff. And receive with meekness the implanted word. You're hearing what God's saying, and now you're digging so you can actually start responding to it, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There's, there's a false confidence. And, and to the shame of the church, and especially the Pentecostal church, when we praise an unbalanced version of grace, when it's been more hype and motivational speaking, People have got saved and they think, that's it, I'm, I'm set now. I'm going to prosper in everything now. And you will, but the motivation's wrong. It's all about prospering. I love what Shane Willard said the other Sunday night when he said the difference between worship, and he did say Pentecostal worship, the difference between worship and witchcraft it's the motivation. And he got that because when Elijah was taking on the prophets of Baal, he said it looked like a Pentecostal worship meeting because they were singing and shouting and jumping and spinning around. And then they got louder and louder. But he wasn't really having a go of us. He was, he was suggesting that the difference between worship and witchcraft it's the motivation why you do it. And, and to the shame of the church, where we've given, replaced preaching the word with motivational stuff, hype even, and, and preach an unbalanced word. So all these people become Christians, everything's going good, and then a storm hits. 
and they're not prepared for the storm because that's not, they've heard, not heard the sermons about the storms. They've not heard the sermons about persecution and trouble. They've not heard sermons about sacrificing, laying down your life. They haven't heard the sermons about picking up your cross because all they heard is hype and motivational and good, good little catchphrases. And so when that happens, it's unexpected. And so they, f- they fall because, hey, this isn't supposed to happen. But, verse but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves into some false security, some false expectations. For everyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. The house won't fall. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religious religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and, and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. we got communion right now. We're going to partake of it. We're going to take that first film off to remember to take the wafer to remember the sacrifice he paid that we could be forgiven his body was broken for us let's eat shall we and that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Let's drink. This is the power of our salvation. But as we've heard, if we're not going to respond, do what he says, we might not even be bothered calling him Lord, Lord. I'm just wondering right now. I have no preconceived ideas that I just brought you a brand new revelation that's going to change lives forever. I know that. This is a popular story. You all know it. You've all heard it. And, and you understand what it means. But what I do want to do is get us to a place where perhaps... Well, remember again how we used to dig, but we haven't been digging for a while. We'll forget about the storms that didn't ruin us. And, and as we go on, we slip back into worldly thinking, carnal thinking. We become motivated by fear which produces either greed or selfishness or both they're both 
Same thing, I suppose. Fear of loss, hope of gain. It's all about us. To the point where we forget what he says. They just become cliches and, and they're not things that we allow to challenge us and we respond to. We stop, we've stopped digging. I'm thinking this morning, celebrating the goodness of our God and, and the privilege of being involved in what we are is just phenomenal and glory goes to God. But the danger is we can get comfortable in that and start to think we are something and not pay heed to the word of God and not become doers of the word. And I'm not talking, you know I'm not talking about uh, salvation by works. You, you know we're saved by his grace. The sacrifice of his son on that cross was sufficient, paid the price in full. I'm talking about our response to that now. So, in this somber moment, I'm not going to even look up. In this somber moment, perhaps not some of us need to, I was going to say retract, but probably the word is repent. Start digging again. Shoveling that sand out the way. Breaking up the clay. You know, chunks of that dark or taking away the rubble and getting down to that rock again. De dealing with the build-up of our lives so we can get to the rock. So there'll be no ruin in our marriages, our families, our businesses, our, our ministries. our response to the Great Commission, whatever it is. Because God's got more. God's got more. Uh, brother, I wish, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health. It's John, reflecting the heart of Jesus, because that's what Jesus wants. But you know how you get there? Do some digging. Get rid of the sand. Get rid of the clay. Come on, I'm saying it's not because I know you're all unbelievers, unsaved. I'm saying it's because you are believers and you are saved. God's got more. Some of us might need to repent, ask forgiveness because we've allowed this stuff back in it's, it's like all oh, this silt this worldly silt is rising and clogging and filling that foundation because we've we've perhaps we're still hearing the word of the Lord but we haven't become doers of the word we haven't responded to it can I have the team up is the team still around
I was wondering this morning if we get very serious. Maybe even start digging right now. You know, my intention is not to embarrass anybody. We, we never seek to condemn or embarrass anyone. We, we want to see us, each and every one of us, reach our potential in Christ. Enjoy the blessings of God richly. And, and some of us aren't just thinking about us right now. We're thinking about the blessings of God for our children and for our grandchildren to make sure it's not lost, to make sure they get to enjoy. Maybe some of us in this moment need to start digging, asking God to... When's, when's the last time you got so severely challenged that she actually did something about what you heard? You're not on your own. I went through this at conference. It was wonderful. It was scary, terrifying, but it was wonderful. It was humbling, but it was wonderful. Just came out of their meetings feeling incredibly challenged, but at the same time so refreshed again. All of a sudden, all the regions I can't started falling away. And hope started raising up. Come on. In the privacy of your own heart and mind. Please. Accept this challenge right now. When's the last time you so challenged, so stirred, you actually did something? You didn't just leave and go on to the next thing and thought, well, that was a good service, that was interesting. I'm not sure about this or that. But you actually went away thinking, something's got to change. Let that be this morning. So come, Holy Spirit. Help us to see.
Do you love God? Do you love yourself? Have you forgiven yourself? Are you loving your neighbour as yourself? How are you responding to the hate that's being sent your way? Are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to sacrifice and be generous in that? Are you forgiving? Are you not judging? Are you seeking the kingdom? Are you going for the commission to all the world preaching the gospel? Come on, let's dig, let's dig. Yes, Father. Father. Lord. Lord. Supreme Commander. Savior. Redeemer. Healer. Protector. Provider. Sovereign Lord. Let us hear your word again. Holy Spirit, come. Enable us, empower us to respond, to be doers of the word. Lord, even now, in this place, in this moment, in this place, on screen, whenever people are in this moment watching, I pray your spirit upon that moment, upon this moment right now, that the grace of your conviction, that you're leading and you're guiding, would intensify, we become, it would become obvious for us, we would be discerning and able and willing to respond to it. Oh God, right now in Jesus' name. Our Lord, our Lord right now, there might be some in this moment that want to come to the altar and recommit, might want to repent, might want to change your heart, might want to recommit right now. This altar is open for you. Father, right now, I do pray in Jesus' name for your protection and your provision on us and our loved ones right now. I pray for your favour, not just to be honest, but to go ahead of us and make a way. And the discernment for us to recognise that favour and recognise doors that you've opened and doors that you've closed. And most of all, I pray that we would all grow in the knowledge of our God. We continue to grow. At the same time, we would continue to dig. And we will boldly and yet humbly call you Lord, Lord, our Lord. I ask these things in Jesus' name and his church says, 
if anybody here now would like prayer, would like to come, rededication, repentance, whatever it takes, in the process of digging that foundation again, removing the sand, the clay, getting down to the rock, this altar's open for you. But I pray that this will be something that we'll take with us and be continually working on. God bless you. I pray that you have a great night, a great day. Tonight we've got that next in the series from Shane Willard about this one of the cities in Book of Revelation. If you're more than welcome to join us there. Uh, I do hope you have a great week and uh, actually continue to pray for Jane and the team as they go out there to Turkey. God bless you, friends. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at firstfamchristianchurch.com.